For me, Dirty Jeans is a, a culmination of all the things that I've learned of how our genes function, what makes them function the best, what prevents them from functioning, and how to optimize their, their functioning through other things, not just nutrients or lifestyle behaviors, but you know, target supplementation and genetic variations and so on. We're a very sick population. And if we keep thinking that it is these sicknesses or these viruses or these bacteria or whatever, that we need to go out there and kill them and hunt them down, that will forever put us at the mercy of the government or whatever organizations to try to come in and save us uh, versus saying, hey, you know what, I'm gonna put the work in, I'm gonna put the effort in, you know, I'm gonna lift the weights, I'm gonna go work out, you know, choose not to eat that donut, I'm gonna eat something better for me. So it's, it's choices versus being manipulated and, and basically lied to, in my opinion. That's Dr. Ben Lynch, and this is episode 353 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. What's up, everybody? It's Josh Trent. Welcome to Wellness Force. How are you doing out there? I got a question for you. What is good in your world today? I had somebody actually respond to me on Instagram. I've been asking this question for a while. Like, what is good in your world today? What is actually good? And somebody wrote to me, Josh, I got mac and cheese. That's what's good, <laughs> which made me laugh. And I was like, okay, is it gluten-free? Is it dairy-free mac and cheese? Do you have any food sensitivities? I asked this because it's so interesting, the impact that food and thoughts that we eat have on our epigenetics, you know, our genetic signaling pathways. Some foods are medicine, some foods are poison, depending how our genes are made and how they can use these fuel substrates. It's fascinating looking through this lens of our genetic expression and this epigenetic signaling that actually controls our lives and our health. We're diving deep today on the show in this topic to explore the connection between dirty genes, how to clean them, and how to protect yourself from COVID-19, as well as all viruses, all illness and sickness out there. When it comes to finding and eliminating the root cause of disease and illness, naturally, epigenetics and dirty genes, this research, this work through our featured guest today, without pharmaceuticals, this is the best-selling author of Dirty Genes. He's the president of Seeking Health, a company that helps educate both the public and health professionals on how to overcome genetic dysfunction. He received his doctorate in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University. He lives in Seattle, Washington with his wife and three sons who I actually had the pleasure of hanging out with last year at his home to see how he literally and lovingly walks his talk when it comes to seeking health with his family, his house, with literally everything about this man. It's so apparent to me in conversations with our guests today that this is a genetic pioneer. This is a man who discovered the power of epigenetics back in 2008. He was a doctor of naturopathic medicine. He started to see this huge gap between what the geneticists published in their research papers and what medical providers practiced in their offices. He made a decision. He made it his mission to bring this cutting edge science right to the doctor's office. And in this powerful podcast, we're talking about this powerful wing of science called Dirty Genes. Now, this episode is part of our Wellness COVID-19 Truth Series to protect our health freedom. 
And in this conversation, we're talking with the one and only Dr. Ben Lynch, a naturopathic physician about making our own health choices versus being manipulated by the system, by the info wars that are out there. I mean, seriously, it's the most frustrating time. We have the most disparate information sources where one side says this and one side says that. This is all by design, my friend. The info wars that are out there are designed to confuse you. It's confusion by design. And we have the CDC telling us two weeks ago that asymptomatic people don't spread the virus. And then mysteriously, right after that, they retracted their statement. Their lead researcher for the CDC said, oh, sorry about that. Uh, It now does. It begs the question, like, what is the truth here? We're going to explore what questions we should be asking right now about COVID-19, how to become a true seeker of health, why the face masks that aren't an N95 model are absolutely useless why making our own conscious health decisions is actually what is going to take back control of our health from the government and the regulations that want to impose on you. And we'll talk about how to clean your dirty genes. We'll talk about the super seven, unpacking the methylation defects, how we can notice them in our body and what the process of healing looks like when it comes to healing these dirty genes and downcycling the epigenetic signaling that hurts us and how to upregulate and grow the epigenetic signaling that gives us health. Now, these Super 7 products are supplemented by Seeking Health. I love these products. I trust in them. They really helped me actually clear my sinuses last year. Dr. Lynch was very generous. He gave us 10% off, 10% off of everything on the Seeking Health site. You can get there by going to wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans and enter code Josh10 at checkout. That's wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans and enter the code Josh10 at checkout. Now it's only for the month of July, so you have to act fast. They give us 10% off for the entire month of July with the code Josh10 over at wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans. Now I'm talking about the dirty jeans, not like Levi's. It's (laughs) G-E-N-E-S. So wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans. I like making myself laugh. You got to make yourself laugh. Life gets so serious. I mean, it can be pretty hectic out there. So make yourself laugh today. Dirty jeans is wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans. That's G-E-N-E-S. If you know somebody or if you yourself have been struggling with mystery symptoms, like you've gone to physician after physician after healer, Do them a favor, do us a favor, do everyone a favor, share this podcast. Share this podcast with somebody you intuitively feel it would help them, it would serve them. You never know when just a simple act of kindness, like taking five seconds and sharing a show with somebody can change their life. I mean, literally we've had people write in about family members' lives being saved. It seriously gives me like the cry feeling in my throat. This is why we're here to to help people Just share this podcast and leave us a review at wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Now let's begin this powerful and controversial, but truth-based conversation with the one and only Dr. Ben Lynch. Hello, everyone. It's Josh Trent. We're here with an exceptionally special guest, Dr. Ben Lynch, on the podcast today. We're going to talk about the truth of not only his book, Dirty Genes, which is utterly fascinating, a breakthrough program to really look at the cause, the root cause of illness, but we're also going to get his medical expertise on the truth about the COVID and wearing masks and asymptomatic conditions and fill in the blank. We're all confused. Dr. Ben Lynch, welcome to Wellness Force. Awesome to be here, Trent. It's been a while since uh, you and I have seen each other, and it's good to be working together. Yeah, I, I got the privilege of uh, being at the home, and Mike Mutzel from High Intensity Health, uh, he's been on the show, so people know his work. It's it's great we get connected through people in the community we trust, and that's really the lens and the ethos of our connection and what we're talking about today, the truth behind what's really happening for us here. And I say for us, 
Ben, because there's a lot of people that consider this to be a crisis that's happening to us. Uh, from your medical perspective, what what's your take on where we actually are? Could you give a State of the Union today, May 22nd, 2020? A lot of twos in there. What's your medical perspective on this? What's really happening with us with COVID-19 right now? Uh, in a nutshell, it's a, it's a sign that we're, we're a very sick population and that we've been relying too long on exterior things to try to make our own health better versus taking action on our own independent ways to support our own health. We, the population is, has been reliant and lied to for too long that if you suppress uh, this or you suppress that, um, you know, your symptoms will go away and you can lead a happy life where we're seeing that that's backfiring, a, a dead, non-living, not dead, but a non-living thing like a virus is is taking us down. And it's it's nonsense. Um, you know, when I say suppressing, I mean antacids, antidepressants, anxiolytics, you know, antibiotics, everything is anti-anti. And it's, yeah. it's, let's kill the virus. You know, let's, let's kill this. Let's kill that. Let's fight Parkinson's, you know, F cancer. You know, it's, you're seeing this type of mentality everywhere. And that mentality is what's getting us in this hole right now. And if we keep thinking that it is these sicknesses or these viruses or these bacteria, whatever, that we need to kill, go out there and kill them and hunt them down, that will forever uh, put us at the mercy of the government or whatever organizations to try to come in and save us. Uh, versus saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to put the work in, I'm going to put the effort in, you know, I'm going to lift the weights, I'm going to go work out, I'm going to, you know, choose not to eat that donut, I'm going to eat something better for me. Yeah, I'll have the donut, you know, sometimes, but not all the time. So it's it's choices versus, you know, being manipulated and, and, and basically lied to, in my opinion, played with. Yeah. Uh, you know, masks, sanitizers, social distancing, a lot of fear mongering. I, I do not believe personally in conspiracy theories. Um, what I do see, and I'm, I'm curious what you see, uh, the truth is in plain sight here. Um, we see the mass information agendas. We see the confusion. We see your colleague Judy getting absolutely deleted, really, from uh, respect and admiration in the industry because of her speaking her truth, which we'll talk about later in this podcast. But what do you see from your medical perspective as far as the narrative being chimed about putting us in fear? In other words, what is the fear narrative that you're seeing right now that we can take a breath on um, and know that it's not true? Well, I think anytime there's a bunch of unknown questions, it leads us to start thinking. And, uh, and as soon as you start thinking, that's not in line with whatever people want us to think. Uh, we become labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Uh, it's that simple. And it's like a shame. You know, I'm a naturopathic physician. You know, I don't necessarily uh, want to be treating patients with standard medications or, or minor treatments, you know, minor surgeries. I want to be utilizing, uh, you know, lifestyle interventions first. Yeah. You know, is there a need for, for medications? Yeah. Um, do I want to choose that for people? Personally, no. Um, but some people label me as a quack because of it. And that's fine. Go for it. Um, and then, you know, they label me and other people as conspiracy theorists. Uh, if we try to think outside the box here in this situation, um, are there any true facts that we can pin down um, and say that this whole thing is, is uh, you know, whatever it is? Um, you know, I don't I don't sit here and dig on the Internet, uh, you know, about the the PCR testing is proving that it's not, you know, what it is or yes. 
know, we do this type of testing and it's proving that this, you know, we're digging on Fauci or digging on Judy Mikovits or, you know, digging on Trump. You know, I, I'm not, I don't, that's not my specialty. And, you know, wherever you dig and whatever you find doesn't mean it's true, right? Mm -hmm. So I think let's just back up for a second and just think big picture. Why now? <laughs> right? Why yeah. now? Yeah. Why coronavirus? Why now? And why not? Why not influenza or H1N1? Why not, uh, you know, measles? You know, they try to do with measles, the Disneyland outbreak. Um, you know, you know, if you look back in history of, of not too far away, you know, Disneyland and, and mandating vaccines around different uh, states and trying to push those through. And, uh, you know, it, to me, it's all about control. And anytime you uh, instill fear in a population that removes thinking. Yeah. And so if you instill fear along with protocol, then you get submission. And I'm, I'm going to throw a real curveball here right now. And it's, it's, you're going to, some people are going to just blast me for it, but that's fine. Look at the Nazis, Nazi Germany. Okay. They, the Holocaust was a big deal. Some people don't believe the Holocaust was real. Some people, you know, do. And I was there, you know, I, I looked at, uh, you know, I visited Birkenau in Auschwitz in the winter. I was basically the only one on a 600 acre campus. Uh, if you want to call it a campus, a camp was horrible. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, what I found was the Nazis kept meticulous records of every individual that, you know, was a prisoner of theirs, you know, weight, height, how much they worked, what they did, you know, how much, you know, all these different things, all a bunch of statistics. And why was that? Because the more, uh, the busier that the Nazis made their soldiers, the less, uh, the more they could remove from how awful what they were doing to the Jews, what, you know, was happening Yeah. by removing thinking, but by doing certain things, by wearing masks and following protocol, thinking is now out the window. So to me, it's all about uh, control, honestly. Yeah. And, and I don't think you're really sharing information that people are going to get upset about that are here with us on Wellness Force. We've had Dr. Zach Bush with over a quarter of a million people getting touched by his message. We had Greg Anderson, the police officer who was fired from his position just yesterday uh, on Wellness Force because he said, hey, these laws we're enforcing are unconstitutional. This isn't about conspiracy theory or actually drumming up fear. The, what I was so excited to bring you on and spotlight your work on Wellness Force today was we just want the truth. We want the calm, rational truth, even if that truth is hard to swallow. And I think you've yeah. done already an incredible job of sharing uh, just by contrasting Nazi Germany here, like educating people with the truth does not have to be done by keeping them in fear and busy work. When it comes to educating on COVID um, testing, this is one thing that I see a lot where people are saying one thing and then changing their mind. And, and there's a lot of miseducation about what testing actually is and, and what it what it does for us and how it keeps us, quote, safe or not. Um, can you unpack from your medical perspective, the antibody, the PCR and, and the actual testing that really matters for us right now? You know, I can't, but I'll share what I do know. And, you know, I've, I've been asked this question a lot and I haven't uh, dove into it. Uh, one, because it's boring to me. Uh, and two, um, you know, I, That's I don't know. yeah. And I, I don't yeah. know what, I, if I'm going to read something that, uh, I'll truly understand and I'll, I'll give misinformation. And I, I really try to stay in my wheelhouse cause I don't want to be, um, perpetuating misinformation on the internet cause there's already so much of it. Yeah. Um, but what I will say 
is, you know, the, the nasopharyngeal uh, swab, you know, the coronavirus test where they actually stick that long Q-tip, you know, through your nose, in, through your sinuses, all the way back down here. I had it done. Mm. And, um, you know, and people shame me for that. And I was like, why are you shaming me for getting tested? You know, because asymptomatic individuals um, can be carrying this thing uh, like typhoid Mary, right? Um, and, and spreading the coronavirus. And so I felt, you know, that I should be tested. And, you know, because I had my wife's in-laws or my wife's parents, my in-laws here who are in their 70s, and one of which is a post-cancer survivor, um, both healthy, but still, you know, upper upper tier and glutathione levels, not necessarily the best. So I did the, the antibody test or the, the actual COVID um, nasal pharyngeal swab and I, I was negative. Um, you know, was that PCR? I think it was. Um, I'm, I'm hearing things that's not necessarily best, but I, again, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't know. Um, and then there's the antibody test. Um, and anytime there's a, a monetary advantage or, you know, in a capitalistic uh, society like uh, United States, and I'm not bashing capitalism by, by any means, I just believe it should be done in a certain way. And it's right a tool, way. right? It can be used yeah. for harm or for heal. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. um, so the antibody testing, uh, I did it with US Biotech uh, for my company and my team members. Um, and, uh, we've done half the team so far. Everybody has come back negative. Um, and that's IgM and IgG. Um, I did the, uh, let's see what I did. I think I did uh, LabCorp. I did LabCorp and I still need to make an online account to look at my results. Um, you know, it's interesting that, uh, I give my phone number and my email to contact me when the results are in, um, haven't heard a word. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if I was positive, I probably would have heard something, right? Um, so what does it mean if, you're, if your IgM comes back positive for the COVID-19? Um, uh, you know, there's IgM and IgE, IgG. So IgM is you have a more current infection uh, with the coronavirus, but it could be any type of coronavirus. It's not just COVID-19. In fact, it could be not even COVID-19. Um, so does antibody testing really provide benefit to no? In short, we don't know. Um, in uh, you know, in a longer answer, um, possibly if since it's in the family of the coronavirus, maybe there is some benefit if you have the antibodies. You know, the IgM, IgG, especially the IgG, because the IgG antibodies are the more long-term antibodies, which means that your your body has a has a, a imprinted memory of that specific coronavirus, and um, actually not so specific a imprinted memory of a coronavirus and it will, when it sees one, it will mount an attack way faster. Um, but does that mean that you're protected against the coronavirus? We don't know. Um, you know, you know, but if you look at the H1N1 vaccine that we are pushed with, you know, get a free donut. If you get the flu shot signs everywhere that you see, mm -hmm. <laughs> those are crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so, that's from, from what I'm reading. They did a, I think it was a meta-analysis of 60,000 people. Um, I'm, I'm remembering the summary here. Um, the, it did not prevent the spread of the influenza. It did not prevent infection of the influenza. All it did was shorten the duration uh, of the sickness. And it did not, also, it did not prevent the severity of the infection. So you, you step back and ask, well, what in the hell do I need it for if it just shortens the duration? That's a good question. Um, 
you know, so, you know, to me, the antibody testing, um, I ran out and did it. Um, I think I did it because I wanted to wave the flag and say, look, I have antibodies. Mm -hmm. And it slapped me in the face because I most likely don't. Um, but someone had a great point. Like, well, what if you don't have the antibodies and this becomes public information uh, for the government or what have you? Is that going to be a tool that they use to try to mandate vaccines? Say, hey, you don't have you don't have antibodies. Now you need the vaccination. Right. You know, that that goes against all uh, privacy and freedoms and democratic things that you can think of. Um, but those are seem to be washed up, you know anyway at this thing at this point yeah it's fascinating to me because you know your business seeking health um which i want to ask you on later in the show what the the bird icon is i think that's really interesting that you chose a specific icon um i'm sure we're going to explore that but but the term seeking health you know a real truth seeker somebody that seeks health they're doing it with an unbiased lens they just want to explore what is the truth and this yeah. is why I've respected your work ever since Mike introduced us, because you really take this approach of let's take our time with this. Let's use the Socratic and scientific method to understand the epidemiological studies and to really dig into the paperwork. There is hundreds of videos on your Facebook page, which we're going to link right now so people can go check it out from the research that you're seeing. What is it about our microbiome and our disconnection from the microbiome's health that is actually the thing driving people to be more sustainable? susceptible to any virus, let alone COVID-19. Where's, where's that disconnection right now? Oh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a talk that I've yet to do. Um, I keep meaning to do it. I haven't done it. And that's talking about the microbiome of the, of the, um, of the nose. Um, so if the nasal microbiome is less diverse, uh, there's a much higher risk of chronic sinusitis, so chronic sinus infections. Okay, that's that's significant. So 90% of chronic sinusitis appears to be an imbalanced microbiome in the nose. That's, that's wow. Um, that blows me away because I've had chronic sinusitis my whole life, which you and I have texted about before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big common deal. Yeah. Um, so, and then, then I was reading about, um, you know, influenza, because I was trying to find some research about something, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a flu. Um, so, and those who have increased susceptibility to influenza also have a decreased uh, diversity of the microbiome in their nose. And uh, they have a significant uh, increased risk. And I have the paper somewhere. I've, I've literally a mountain of papers on my desk. And I was digging through it, trying to find it uh, for this specific podcast, and I didn't see it. Um, but the microbiome we think the microbiome uh, is, you know, yogurts and kefir and sauerkraut and kimchi and, um, you know, fermented foods and probiotics. And that's kind of where our head goes. But what you really need to understand is bacteria on us are a true environment and it's specific to their home. I found this one amazing research paper that showed how they showed the human body. And it was just a, a drawing and they showed how diverse the microbiome was in, you know, your gluteal fold. You had specific type of bacteria there in your armpit. You had another form of bacteria, your eyes, your cheeks, your mouth, your nose, your ears, um, your legs. Um, These are all our friends. Yeah, but they're all different. So, you know, the, the, these unique areas of your of your body have different types of microbes. And they're doing different jobs. They're performing roles. And people who have acne, 
less diverse microbiome on their skin. So, it, you know, you just start seeing less diverse, less diverse, less diverse. And what are we doing for coronavirus? We're blasting the hell out of the environment with sprays and chemicals and disinfectants and, and you know, sanitizers and UVs. And we're destroying the microbiome of the planet, which is going to increase huge amounts of biofilm of, of bad bacteria. And it's going to make uh, the, the next generation of bugs and microbes even stronger. And we are not going to get the natural uh, microbes uh, in our food or in our water and our hands and our bodies. And we're going to be, you know, kind of sterile on the outside. Yeah. But we, the most important thing that we need to understand about the microbiome is let me switch it a little bit. When we get an infection, like say we get traveler's diarrhea or something, the first thing you think of, okay, I need to get an antibiotic to kill that or an antiparasitic. We think anti, we think kill. Yeah. But what we fail to understand is that the probiotics and beneficial bacteria by their very nature secrete certain compounds which kill these on their own. And they, they, they also build a, a fence and a surrounding of protection that prevents the binding of these types of infections and these parasitic and pathogenic issues. So the microbiome is massively important. So when you breathe in the coronavirus through your nose, these, that microbiome can be in there right away and secrete these compounds and chemicals and lice the RNA of that virus instantly right in your nose before it even gets down into your, your throat and your stomach. But if you so, don't have them there, they can't do that. Just to reiterate for people that aren't medically inclined as you are, that's the first line of defense is the cilia, the micro hairs with the, the population of the microbiome in our nose. That's, that's really what we're talking about. It's like the initial fence, correct? Yes, it is. And, you know, we have our tonsils in our, in our throat, you know, and you've got those, and a lot of people have those taken out, you know, and, and you start getting those swollen as a kid, you go to the doctor, it's like, oh, those, you have swollen tonsils, you know, adenoids or whatever, they need to be removed. And so you go to the doctor and they remove them. I think, well, why are they removed? Commonly food allergies, you know, commonly probably, a, you know, a lack of diversity in the, in the microbiome of the oral cavity. And so if you remove that, another line of defense then you eat those foods or those food allergens, and you're not getting the early warning sign by swollen tonsils, you're actually gonna be ingesting it, and now you're gonna have systemic issues. So, you know, swollen tonsils are a big deal, and usually with kids, it's removal of food allergies, or food intolerance, it doesn't have to be an allergy, just being intolerance. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's this reductionist world, and also everything is swallowing a pill or getting an injection, uh, to protect us. Meanwhile, we have farm subsidies and the government, uh, you know, food, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, food stamps allowing people to buy Coca-Cola and sure. processed foods. And, you know, I don't like using the word allowing, but, you know, why not encourage uh, the use and spending the money on eggs or beans or, or salads, right? Yeah. I can remember, I, I actually grew up in the 1980s on welfare. So we're talking like kick cereal, government cheese, like no real healthy foods. It's interesting to me that you brought up something really behind the scenes, behind the scenes, where we're talking about the policies and the governmental institutions and really the way we've been living and treating our earth and our brothers and sisters. This is actually where the virus, quote, quote, yes. is coming from. This is really yeah. what we're talking about. Exactly. It's, it, you know, it takes... It takes a long time for something like this to, to rear its ugly head because Mother Nature uh, is very, very resilient. And there's backup systems after backup systems that say, you know, to try to, to repair of what the hell we're trying to do to this planet. And, um, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a shame what's going on right now. My specialty is environmental medicine. You know, I can talk with you hands down uh, over almost any type of chemical or, you know, environmental insult and what it does to your body or, or cer eating certain things and how it's eliminated through biochemistry and genetics. Um, and I'll tell you that our environment is a mess. And you just look, you walk around and you look at the trees and you, you look at your neighbor's grass. Is it brilliantly vibrant and green on the surface? Well, walk over there, walk over to their lawn and look at the soil and pull it out. There are no roots. The roots are sick. They're just disgusting. And you let's say you take a shovel full out of your own yard. Maybe you're doing it to your own yard. Maybe you've you got uh, ortho coming out and spraying your yard with the whales on the side of their trucks, right? Nonsense marketing, but smart. Um, so, you know, you put a shovel in your yard, you hold up the soil and you smell it. There's no, there's no smell. There's no natural aroma because there, there's no microbiome of the earth anymore. It's dead. So and you're looking for worms, nothing. You're looking for bugs crawling on the ground, none. So, you know, we're destroying the planet and, and we are, by effect of that, we're destroying ourselves because everything that we are doing to our bodies is happening through the environment. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a really sad deal. So then when we're being forced to wear a mask, um, and I say that because there is a forcible law here in California where if you're within a certain distance of people at the beach, even you have to wear a mask at the beach. I've never experienced this. I'm, I'm for, I've been on the planet 40 years. I've never experienced this ever in my lifetime. And I'm curious how you see this from an immune perspective, from a microbial perspective, from just us being in the, the healthy bacteria that you spoke about. Is that actually hurting us to, to wear these masks so much? Oh, I, I've, I'm I'm 100% confident it's hurting us, for sure, for sure. Um, and it's it's just a tool. It's a tool used by the government to, you know, to maintain the fear and the submission. Um, so that's how I look at it. You know, I had a dentist appointment uh, earlier this week. Uh, my biological dentist here in Seattle, and and I walked in there, and and um, you know they're all just gowned up and geared up, and it's just ridiculous, like a war zone. Um, they're like, yeah. you need to wear a mask. And, uh, I said, well, I I'm healthy. I, I, you know, I've been tested of antibody testing, you know, I've got COVID testing and I, you know, I take care of my health. I'm fine. She's like, no, you, by law, you need to wear it in our, our building. So not to piss them off or get them in trouble. I put it on. Yeah. I said, well, your masks here, these are worthless by the way, cause they're not N95 and research, uh, shows that if it's not N95, if I cough or speak, you know, these masks are going to do nothing for the person that's standing next to me. And the guy looks at me, uh, another customer of theirs, a patient, looks at me and he goes, well, you know, it's going to protect me from your cough. I was like, no, it's not. No, and it's why, not. why isn't it from a medical view? It's the, the, the size of the, uh, the holes and the masks are not sufficient. They're, you know, viruses are tiny and it's, it's not sealed everywhere. It's going to blow out. Um, why it might not be completely straight. Um, you know, maybe you'll minimize a little bit of it. You know, the, the pores and the, the masks are not sufficient. You know, and, and I'm not a mask expert. I haven't focused on this. I did ask Judy Mikovits about it. And um, Judy goes, hell no, I'm not wearing a mask. And um, she, this is on my Facebook or the interview that I did with her at 10 o'clock at night. I just gave her a buzz real quick um, and uh, turned it into a Facebook live. I said, hey, can we record our phone call? She said, sure. Yeah. Um, 
So, and uh, she goes, look, my, my husband is um, COPD and he cannot wear that mask. And we have a label on his chest saying that he has COPD and he, he's, you know, it, a mask will kill him. So, um, you know, and she goes, you know, all you're doing is, is exhaling and re-inhaling uh, the old toxic air. I mean, exhaling is waste. It's a waste product. It's waste gas. And so, you know, when we breathe solvents too, and we exhale solvents. So insolvents are these compounds like gasoline and, and, you know, a bunch of other things that you cannot see, but we exhale them. I and you smell people's breath sometimes, right? It smells kind of like ammonia or yeah. acetone. Especially you know, if they're you, keto. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. And yeah. You're, they're re-inhaling that back in again. And so now that's more work again for the body to deal with it. And so the, the accumulation of these uh, gases, which should be expelled, are staying within the system. And not only that, but, you know, we have all sorts of stuff flying in the air that, uh, you know, helps the diversity of our microbiome. There's bacteria flying in this air right now that, you know, are good for me. Yeah. And there's viruses that are probably not. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can't go into full on detail and scientific. I'm not your guy for that. Um, but from a naturopathic perspective, um, you know, nothing on this planet should be wearing a mask. We have our own immune defenses. We should have a diverse microbiome in our nose and our mouth and, you know, in everywhere else. Um, we should have our glutathione in check. And, and it's, it's basically this whole coronavirus thing is basically showing that, you know, we're sick population and uh, a vaccine is not the answer yeah. um, because what are you going to do? The next infection comes out, you're going to keep us inside until you develop a vaccine for that too. And then the next one and the next one and the next one. Well, that is, uh, in my opinion, in the research I've done, that is the plan where the conspiracy theory channel says, this is the plan. They're going to bring it in waves. Look, I don't know. The reality is we don't really know what's going on from a control perspective, but what I do feel, and especially when we look at the model health show with Sean Stevenson and Mike Mutzel from high intensity health and many of my colleagues in this space, they're all bringing on the best of the best like yourself to talk about the truth right now. And the truth is in the absence of facts of hardcore facts and in the presence of doubt, where do we go? Where do we look for the truth? I think we're all feeling this connection to our heart, to our own decision-making faculty. We're being forced to make our own decisions instead of just drink from the well that's poisoned. And it's, to me, it's, it's great that we're able to really take this moment in quarantine yeah. and have time to start thinking about things and really looking at what's going on. And to me, it's also great because anytime you start you know, if there's a, uh, a predator and a prey, you know, the predator is stalking the prey and the further away the predator is, the prey is still munching and eating and doing its thing and minding its own business, maybe playing. Predator gets closer, prey might stop eating for a little bit. Look, sees that the predator is still there, not moving, predator, prey starts doing its thing again. And then the predator gets closer and closer and finally it might get right on top of the prey and the prey gets backed up in the corner and it starts fighting like a mad dog and it goes off. So to me, I think this is a blessing yeah. because it's pissing off the, the world, not just the American public. This quarantine thing is pissing off the world and it's, it's causing a lot of people to, to really stop, look, listen, think. And really start understanding what in the hell is going on in a big way. And look, it's not hidden. Their agenda is in plain sight. Yes. You know, Bill Gates is, is very clear in his messaging of what he wants. The World Health Organization is clearly funded 
uh, and controlled by Bill Gates. You know, the, the, what our governor here in Washington state, Inslee, his daughter works for Gates and, uh, Inslee is also supported by the Melinda Gates Foundation and also Big Pharma. If you look at his top 10 supporters who support him financially to run for office, it's all, you know, Gates and vaccine companies. Um, so it, it's no, it's no surprise. Um, and it's in, out in plain sight, which is even more irritating. Yes. Because <laughs> it shows how, how much, uh, the American people are into their sports and their entertainment versus hold on, you know, they've been planning this for a long, long time. And, uh, now it's finally upon us. Maybe we should wake the heck up right now and start pushing back. It's pretty ballsy that this, I almost feel like maybe the virus was supposed to affect more people. However, wherever it came from, you can say that it's Wuhan. I mean, if you look at the multiple research studies and, and really the, the money that's been poured into these, into this specific lab where it was supposedly it leaked from, you know, the, the narrative is that we have our own health freedom. And this is the true narrative that I believe in. And we are in control of our health. We are in control of our immune system. We take the right supplements. We lead the right lifestyle. Like that's the conversation worth having and worth listening to. What are the true, like real benefits, uh, especially with COVID for the vitamins A, D, E, and K and, and zinc. This is something that you're known for with seeking health. Like let's talk about bolstering the immune system and bolstering our health so that we don't even have to have the conversation about this being a killer virus. Yeah. And then let me also say one thing too. This is mine. You know, you back off. You know, I know what's right for me in terms of, you know, supporting my health. And no government is going to be touching my body or my kids or my family. That's right. Not happening. Yeah. Not happening. Um, so, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of the coronavirus, too, the research has been, I discussed this with um, uh, Dr. Paul Saldino on Carnivore MD um, on his podcast last week, where he talked about a research paper that looked at, the levels of oxidative stress, meaning or free radicals or inflammation damage compared to how much glutathione is present. And it's very simple. If your glutathione levels, your, your primary body's antioxidant is low and your inflammation is high, you're going to have a more severe reaction to the coronavirus or any infection for that yeah. matter. It doesn't matter, coronavirus or not, doesn't matter what it is. You're going to have a more severe response. If your glutathione levels are here, and, and balanced and your inflammation isn't, you know, isn't too bad. It's also decent. It's not too low, too low is immunocompromised, but it's, it's decent. You're going to be fighting that infection and you're done. You're fine. After a few days, you're going to be sick, but you'll beat it. So with the vitamin A, D, C, um, you know, these are things which support the immune system and, you know, the immune system is basically our soldiers. It has jobs to do. And a lot of people, when I start talking genetics, they, they turn off like genetics. I don't understand genetics. Yeah. Well, you understand jobs and you understand, you know, roles and, you know, you might have, you have roles that you do every day as a, as a parent or as an individual or as an employee, um, or as a citizen, you have certain things that you do every day and your genes are doing the same thing. So by supporting with vitamin A, that's supporting certain genes, which support the immune function and vitamin C and vitamin D do the same thing. So they're supporting your immune system to not only function, but also be uh, maintained in terms of not over, not going overboard. And glutathione is another really, really important uh, compound. And so is melatonin. 
uh, for keeping the immune system in check. Because anytime you have a fire in your immune system, anytime there's a there's a, a a fight that's going on with a virus or a pathogen of any type, your immune system goes off and, and attacks it. Then there's a bunch of garbage after, and the antioxidants have to come in there and tell the immune system to calm down, and then they repair it. If you don't have those antioxidants in there, you start attacking self, you get autoimmune disease, you get pneumonia, um, and then you start uh, getting uh, hypoxia and, and dying. And it's not really this coronavirus to me isn't a lung issue, as they're finding out. It's a whole body uh, hypoxia. Yes. Um, your blood vessels are, are breaking um, and you're not able to transport oxygen everywhere. So their solution is to put you on ventilators, which actually increase oxidative stress and kill 90% of those people who are put on them. The logic of this, Ben, is astounding. Like, I don't have the pleasure of being a parent yet, but you are. You have a family, you have a business. Um, you have a lot of things that you hold space for, that you shepherd. There's no way, in my opinion, I'm curious how you feel, that if there was cars on the street, that you wouldn't educate your children not to run out in the street rather than locking them in their house and telling them, don't ever run in the street, there's cars out there. Right. The logic exactly. of COVID is the exact same thing. We need to be good shepherds of our brothers and sisters right now. Can you talk about that kind of responsibility that we all have? Well said, well said. You know, it's... it's. Um it's self-responsibility. You know, do you want to be self-responsible or do you want the government to tell you to do everything? It's like, I, I want the government to protect the borders and, you know, create laws that make sense. You know, red light means stop when you're driving. Yeah. Good law, you know, pay your taxes um, and utilize tax monies for repairing the streets and supporting schools and healthcare and those in need. Awesome. You know, I'll pay my taxes. No problem. There's a lot of laws which are needed, you know, but then they start getting into your freedoms and your, your own personal choices. And I believe the people who appreciate the laws around forced vaccination, vaccinations are those who do not give a damn about uh, choosing uh, the right things to do for their health. They're the ones that are, you know, doing the, the wrong things and eating horribly and not taking care of their health and maybe smoking excessively or drinking excessively. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's uh, it, that, that type of individual is, is, burdening the whole rest of the population. If you want the vaccine and you believe it's going to support you so you can continue smoking and drinking and eating fast food every single day of your life and staying up late all day, go for it. You know, that's your choice. Go ahead. You know, for those of us who are really dialed in with nutrition and clean environments um, and, and, you know, having our donuts and drinking alcohol at times, but we know how to mitigate it and, and you know, support that, you know, we don't want the vaccine. And that should be our choice, too. You know, I, I don't force anyone to be a Catholic or a Muslim or a Buddhist or a yeah. atheist. It's the same thing. So anytime you start messing with some people's belief systems and mandating it by a government uh, organization, piss off. That's right. You know, I, 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 there's so much here to unpack. And, and I do want to spend some time on dirty genes and putting our health in our hands and seeking health. Do you want to be self-responsible and rely on the government for everything? Like, where's the line when it comes to our own health? That's really the conversation we're having right here. And that line is about your decision. It comes down to decision. Am I going to have the health practices that'll imbue my greatest health? Or am I going to sit back, not necessarily lead a life of purpose, not necessarily be an engaged member of my community, not be a shepherd of my family, my business, and my brothers and sisters? That's the real question. And in a way, you talked about it earlier this is something we get to be grateful for. I'm not, I'm not grateful that people die. People dying is incredibly sad. 
people's people at risk for morbidity is incredibly sad, but there's also a big question for us here. And, and I'm curious how you feel about the answer. Where is that line? Where is that line that we can never have it crossed when people tell us how we should be running our own health, our families, uh, and our lives? Total sleep breakthrough in 2020. I've been using cured full spectrum hemp oil. Let me tell you what it's not. It's not for getting high. We know this. It is non-psychoactive. It has no THC. It has 100% terpene rich, cannabinoid rich, full spectrum, organically grown hemp oil. What does this actually do to the body? The reason I love this is because it downregulates the sympathetic nervous system. If you look at the research on PubMed and everywhere else, although the FDA does not allow anyone to make bold claims, this I can speak from a personal perspective. I take this organically grown Colorado hemp in the evenings. I hold it under my tongue for 60 seconds. I back this up with my data from the aura ring, my deep sleep increases, my restlessness goes away, and I just sleep better. We know that whether you're having digestive issues or joint pains or sleep issues, the most important thing for your recovery is your sleep. So if you've been struggling with sleep, give Cured Full Spectrum Organically Grown Hemp a test drive. You get 15% off because you're here with us in the Wellness Force mission. It is wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Enter code wellnessforce at checkout. You get 15% off your organically grown hemp. If you've been looking for a hemp product that has been tested and vetted, give Cured a test drive at wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Use the code wellnessforce to get 15% off your entire order. Anytime it enters the human body or at any time it has anything to do with impacting the biochemistry of the human body. Um, you know, I, I would go so far as to say, you know, the FDA and, um, you know, the organizations that, you know, monitor chemicals in the environment. You know, I, I, I think it's atrocious that phthalates are on the market still today. I think it's atrocious that uh, fluoroquinolone drugs are still on the market today. Um, I think that's a shame and I think they cross the line. They cross the line because of corporate uh, benefits and the lobbyists behind those uh, chemicals and drugs are, are huge. And so, you know, I, I think the government needs to stop um, being influenced by corporations. It's that simple. Um, but the, the, the day that the Obama administration and the uh, Supreme Court, uh, was basically the Supreme Court, voted against campaign finance reform, we all lost. Can you share about that a little bit more? Yeah. So, when, you know, I voted for Obama when uh, he ran and, and uh, I was all excited for him and I was excited for the nation. And, and um, you know, the first thing I did was see who he was going to pick for secretary of agriculture. And he had two choices. He had the, the head of, you know, former head of Monsanto or he had the former head of the Organic Consumers Association or some type of organics uh, entity. And I was like, come on, man make the right choice. Come yeah. on, come on. Yeah. He made the wrong choice. He made the, the choice that benefited him. And, um, you know, he picked the Monsanto person and I was pissed. I couldn't stand him ever since after that. I didn't care what he did. I was pissed. Uh, and then his wife made a little organic, uh, yard at the white house in saying that the white house had the first organic vegetable garden. She's out there with her white gloves and a little tiny shovel, um, digging a tomato. And I, I was <laughs> like, you know, I, I, screw you. There's you so know? much, there's so much humor in bold actions like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, we're being lied to on a, a massive scale and, and that's a perfect thing. So here I was following who he's going to pick for his cabinet 
major decision, global decision, right? And yet here he is, she is making a symbol in a, you know, eight by 10 plot uh, that's going to make no impact on the planet at all. Um, so, and then you look at campaign finance reform, what's that? Um, my political understanding is, is pretty garbage. Um, but what I will say is it would limit the amount of influence uh, corporations could give um, towards, uh, you know, government officials. And so they could not be receiving huge amounts of money uh, in order to make decisions uh, and to, you know, create policy. And um, to me, that would have made a huge, huge difference in uh, our elected officials because now the elected officials would be on a more even playing field um, and because uh, they could be they'd be restricted on how much money uh, would come in. I mean, Seattle years ago tried to ban plastic bags and, uh, you know, huge amounts of money came in from the plastic bag manufacturers yeah. to kill that. Oh. So Dr. Ben Lynch for president. I mean, honestly, man, like you, the way in which you speak about the underpinnings of the surface of what's happening is so brilliant. Like listen to this, share this podcast right now with someone that is having confusion about what's really going on. Please. Like we're really just wanting the truth here, not only about COVID, but also like, how do we take the health into our hands? One of the things I love about your brand is this phrase seeking, like seeking health. And there's a bird there. There's a, what, what kind of bird? What's the story with seeking health? Yeah. So as you, as you pointed out, seeking health is, is basically a, it's a, it's the name of our company, but it's, it's, it's something that you can never stop, uh, seeking, you know, it's, yeah. you know, here we are talking about, we have to kill the coronavirus. This is a perfect example of what seeking health isn't. Um, so killing the coronavirus and creating a vaccine is the cure. We cannot open the doors and re and stop quarantine until we have the cure for the coronavirus and have a vaccine that is opposite of seeking health. That's completely the opposite. That is absolutely so reductionist thinking. And that's where the medical paradigm is right now. And, and, and look, medical doctors are pissed off too. You know, the MDs are pissed. They didn't sign up to be a doctor to, to be living this either. They want to support their patients. That's why it became MDs. Yeah. So it's not the MDs fault. So, you know, seeking health is, is basically, it's a continuous search for optimization of the human body or, or self. And that's why a lot of our supplements are called optimal this and optimal that. And it's because we're truly trying to optimize your health and your performance. And when you supplement is defined as to add to or enhance. So you cannot expect that any supplement is going to be able to uh, completely mitigate or remove the damage done by your staying up routinely at night. Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. eating hot dogs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or, or eating, you know, or drinking a bunch of alcohol. And, you know, you, you take supplements to add to your healthy lifestyle. And when you make decisions that you know, or, you know, you have some drinks or you stay up late in the party, that's cool. Have fun. Yes. You know, you take supplements to, to neutralize those bad, you know, not bad decisions, but just dirtier behaviors on your genes. And then the, the bird, the, the logo of Seeking Health is a hummingbird. And hummingbirds to me are fascinating because they're tiny and they can hover in midair. They're beautiful. They're super colorful and vibrant. Everybody stops and looks at them and they're seeking the most beautiful and purest thing in the world, which is basically nectar from flowers. And, you know, it's nature made food. And these wings are beating so fast 
and they can just do all sorts of cool tricks and they're territorial little punks though. I mean, they're quick, but you know, they're, they're aggressive at each other. Um, you know, so I don't like that aspect about hummingbirds, but it's just cool that they seek out nectar from flowers and they're very, very fast. They're very beautiful. They're very stunning. And you always stop and look and appreciate them. And uh, mm. to me, it's just a perfect sign of, of, of vibrant health because there's nothing more vibrant than a hummingbird, uh, in my opinion, of, of its beauty and its quickness and its agility um, and uh, what it seeks for food. You know, yeah. any animal is, is cool in, in their various, you know, anteaters are cool, but they're kind of ugly. And you're not going to. Right. Yeah. And also somebody, uh, please write us in the comments or if you're listening to this on iTunes, just email us or post it on social. There is a metaphysical spiritual symbolism with the hummingbird as well. Do do you know what that is? I used to, I've since forgotten. Okay. I know it's impactful. So somebody will let us know. Um, I I think about this term and Nicole, one of the audience members says, I've been seeking health for the past 20 years. I'll never stop researching and experimenting to reach even better health. I've been failed by allopathic medicine many times. Time to get back to our roots and listen to our bodies and what they need. It's a perfect segue to this book. This book right here, we're giving away two copies. You can just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans enter to win. This is about treating the root. The root of our health comes from the roots of our health practices. Like you said, supplements are about optimization, but if we're not following nature's laws, eating, moving, sleeping, and breathing, and we're having dirty thoughts, you know, that we take action on that make us feel bad. And then that perpetuates the cycle of addiction. How did this book even come through for you? You know, you wrote this book through many years of study. Did you come up with this on a cumulative scale or was this something that clicked in your consciousness one night? Well, Josh, can I hold on before I answer that question? Would you be cool if I gave you 20 books? We shipped you 20 books to give away. Let's do it. I would be super grateful. All right. Reach out to my assistant, Katie, and, and uh, we'll ship you 20 books. Okay. Everyone go to wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans, enter to win uh, 20 copies. Thank you for your generosity. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Um, so the, the concept of dirty jeans was, was very slowly brewing over, over many, many, many years. You know, life is a journey. Somebody asked me uh, a few years ago if there's anything that I regretted in my, my business decisions. And I, and I sat there for a moment and I, I really thought about it and I said, no. Uh, I said, no, I, I don't regret any business decision that I've had because those bad decisions uh, that I had create enough pain to figure out a potential solution and, and taught me to, to go in a different direction. Um, so no, I, I, it's, it's important to have those things. And, and dirty genes is these life decisions that we make and we, we, we make a decision of eating a donut or smoking a cigarette or staying up late or using our phone with Wi-Fi or seeing a, a green, you know, a blue light and bright screen at night when, and preventing us from sleeping. And we're making all these decisions and we're being affected in our life with various symptoms of rhinitis or headaches or irritability or depression or you know just fatigue and but we don't understand why it's what's happening with these common everyday ailments so for me dirty jeans is a is a basically a a culmination of all the things that I've learned of how our genes function what makes them function the best what prevents them from function, functioning and how to optimize their, their functioning through other things, not just nutrients or lifestyle behaviors, but, you know, targeted supplementation and genetic variations and so on. So Dirty Genes is a culmination of all these things. So when you're reading the book, you'll understand that 
God, when I drink red wine and cheese and I get irritable and I get uh, nosebleeds, maybe if I drink way too much or I get headaches and I can't fall asleep at night, and I, I learned that sulfites and histamines, I know the genes that are involved, and I, I can take these various supplements and or you know drink these certain types of wines, and I'll be better than these ones. And you can still enjoy your wine. You can still have that um, you know that gathering, that social gathering, and have the wine, and not get those painful symptoms. So that's what Dirty Genes allows you to do: is it gives you the tools to understand of the, those common everyday things that you're struggling with. But it gives you the, the the biochemistry behind all of these common things, and it gives you the tools to to neutralize them. And I will say, Josh, that when I started writing the book, um, before I even started writing, the the editor and my agent was really pushing me to name the book the Seven Deadly Genes. Hmm. And uh, I was like, Why do you want to call it that? She goes, Well, you'll get lots of press. I was like, yeah, you know, fear is, is what you see in the press. That's true. But yeah. you know, I'm against fear. This, this is genetics. There's a lot of fear behind genetics. I'm trying to write a book that is actually removing the fear of gene genetic testing and, uh, and, and genetics in, in general. And I'm trying to empower people that they are in control of the majority of their genes, obviously not hair color, or eye color, or skin color, but you know, how you're thinking and how you're feeling. A lot of those types of genes you are in control of. And uh, I want to empower people about that. And so, yeah. you know, they, and I said, you know, genes get, you know, altered in their function. And I, I remember to this day, Rachel goes, dirty genes. She, she kind of interrupted me. She goes, dirty genes. And she was my writer. And I said, what? She goes, dirty genes. I said, wow, that's brilliant. She yes. goes, yeah, you can make lifestyle decisions, which makes your genes dirty, but you can throw them in the wash by, you know, fasting or not eating, you know, the garbage food or taking a sauna or drinking filtered water or, drink, you know, breathing filtered air or being around people that love and support you versus toxic people. You can clean your genes and bathe them with that. And now you got your genes clean. I say, God. Oh, that's the breakthrough moment right there. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk more about dirty genes right now. Um, Crystal actually gave us the spiritual meaning of the hummingbird, um, enjoyment in life, being present, independence, lifting up, uh, being resilient. And also Lanny says, uh, hummingbirds are seen as healers and bringers of love. That's pretty cool, yeah. man. That, that's, that definitely resonates. Um, yeah. when I, when I look at this concept of, of washing, uh, if we don't sleep enough, then all the chemicals in our brain don't get washed. I, I forget mm -hmm. the actual chemical, but our brains wash themselves at night. When we look at our genes, what are the common dysfunctions here? When we look at how to even overcome the genetic dysfunctions, how do we first even identify symptoms of having dirty genes? Any symptom that you have or any, or sign that you have any irregularity that is not optimal is a dirty gene. If you have uh, a mosquito bites you and you have this huge welt on your arm or your leg, um, not just a, you know, a little itch or a little bump, it's like this big welt that there's a dirty gene involved. You know, if there's a policeman or a policewoman who's driving behind you and they, you see them and you get all stressed out and then they pass you and you stay stressed out for like three hours after and you still can't let that go or you get in an argument with someone, those are dirty genes. You should be able to, you know, bring in the stress, let it go, bring it in. It should like, you know, oceans and waves. It should come and go. Mosquito bites you. Histamine comes in. It should go away. If you scratch your arm like this, you know, I scratch myself quite hard. I don't have any red lines. My histamine's pretty good. Okay. That's a quick test that you can do. 
I actually hurt myself a little bit uh, scratching too hard. But any sign or symptom that you had is, is a dirty gene. Yeah. And so, so if you are struggling with depression or anxiety, um, you know, you are not a depressed person. You don't say I am depressed or I am autistic or I am, you know, bipolar. No, you are whoever you are, whatever name you are, whatever your parents named you, whatever name you chose, that's who you are. And a, a condition that you have is basically just dirty genes. And a lot of these things can be washed. And, you know, diabetic type two, easily fixed, easily fixed, completely reversible. Type one, different story. Yeah. Um, early on, possibly. Later on, maybe not. Maybe. Depends. Um, Dr. Jody Stanislaw is amazing with diabetes type one. You should bring her on at some point. Um, she's an amazing, amazing person with type one diabetes. Um, but, uh, you know, and the cool thing is, once you read the book or as you're reading the book, you'll, there'll be a sentence in there or a paragraph and you're like, oh my God, that's me. I've been yeah. programmed for 20 years. Yes. That's when you take the book, you don't read anymore. You put it down and you go implement what I suggested. You don't read the rest. If something really hits you, that's what you put it down. It, Dirty Jeans is not like a, uh, a book, you know, it's not The Hobbit you know, or, uh, where you read from cover to cover. This is, this can be a book where it's a guide and you'll be referencing it the whole rest of your entire life. Yeah. Choose your own healing. Um, I, I think about the power of this book. Um, the reason it's a breakthrough is because you don't have to suffer forever. You can actually break through the thing that is ailing you by just, like you said, applying the lesson. And this is what we talk about, Ben, on the podcast. This is our ethos since the start. Intelligence is not how smart you are doesn't matter how many PhDs you have on the wall. If you're not doing the thing, you know, we gather information. Most people get stuck in the gathering phase, right? They'll go from like conference to conference and book to book, but they don't ever do this. Okay. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do what, what Dr. Lynch says. I'm going to actually take the supplements. I'm going to adjust my lifestyle because on the true curve of intelligence, if we're going to embody the intelligence, if it's going to be in our physical body, we have to apply there's no way around it. And I think that's really what your message has always been ever since I met you. I mean, when I got to spend time with you and your family, I thought, wow, this is a really healthy family. You know, you walk your talk and, and you wrote it in a book. What prevents people in, in your clinical experience and in your media experience? What do, what do you see really prevents people from applying, from having the courage to do the things that they read about in your book or, or any book, really? Oh, uh, there's that's a, a fantastic question. Before I hit that, uh, the book used to be dedicated to with one sentence to those who implement what they read. That's who the book was dedicated to. And when you, if you get the audible version, that is the current dedication. When you listen to the audible version, it says this book is dedicated to those who implement what they read. So exactly what you're talking about on wellness force. So I love that message. Um, and I've changed the dedication uh, to uh, Rachel Krantz because uh, she was an amazing uh, ghostwriter for all the big names in, in health books that you know today. Obviously, I won't say the author's names, um, but she helped me immensely uh, get the message out of Dirty Jeans. And so I, I she died uh, at the end of writing this book. This is her last book she ever wrote. Wow. Uh, what so a beautiful I, testament. Yeah. So yeah. you would know all the names if I, if I met them. I mean, she made, wrote books for many, many New York Times bestselling authors, and mm. she never got credit where it was due. Um, so I wanted to give her some acknowledgement there. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's many reasons here, Josh, why people don't, uh, take action. Um, one is, I think the biggest one is 
whoever they're listening to or reading or whoever their guide is, they're not, their message isn't clear enough. So they don't have the necessary tools to succeed. If you do not put a person uh, on a path to success, uh, they're, they're afraid to get hurt. And so if you say, take this vitamin and that's that, uh, without understanding as to why or what's in it or what it can do or potential side effects of it or how much you maybe should take or other stories that are behind it or the reasoning of what made it or the ingredient sources. There's a lot of questions behind that. So you have to first really get your message clear so the individual who you're trying to help can have a successful outcome. So if you are if you're trying to take uh, too big of a jump uh, for a person um, to go, so maybe someone you know I used to celebrate when my patients cried because I knew I broke through. Yeah, my wife uh, would see me come home from clinic and she, you know, I'd be all chipper. She goes, "What? You make somebody cry today?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, actually." Um, she goes, you're so mean. Um, and, and I think it's people, beautiful. I mean, tear, you know, the cure for anything is salt water, the yeah, ocean, our go. tears, sweat. It's all a cure. Yeah. It's good. There you go. But I, I think, you know, we, we tend to blame the patients or the end user for their lack of implementation where it should really be looking at the, who the guide is and how they're getting the message across. So if I'm saying something or I create a supplement you know, and people aren't taking it or they're taking it and they're giving one star reviews or, or what have you. I look at that and I think, why? I don't think, oh, they're an idiot or they're an idiot, they're an idiot. I think, why am I getting that type of feedback and how can I change my message so I can allow them to succeed? Now, obviously, you can't have everyone succeed because some people just absolutely choose to implement, uh, refuse to implement. They're just that type of person. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are probably still on rotary phones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember those. Remember you dial and wait for it to come back? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was an know, 80s it, kid, you know, holler yeah. if you were born in the 80s. Come on. Or if you knew what rotary phones were. <laughs> exactly. Simon Sinek oh, talks about that. The laggards. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I always want people to understand first, you know, like the, the, the leader eats last. Mm. I think that's even a book, right? Yep. Um, but uh, our CEO at Seeing Health has the same type of mindset where, you know, if we have somebody underperforming at Seeing Health, you know, we don't blame them. We first look at, you know, the leadership around them or, you know, the tools that they have to succeed. And if they're inferior or our message wasn't clear, which is usually the problem, um, you know, we change that up. So I, I really want to empower people that, you know, if you are having a difficult time implementing what your, you know, your doctor is telling you or what have you, I think you're just by nature, you're, you've been hurt before. Yeah. And you're afraid to take that next step. And so by reading dirty genes or, or taking smaller steps and experiencing success, that's the key. And Tony Robbins talks about this. It's, it's, it's a success mill. He has this little diagram that he drew. Whereas if you take a little, a little step forward and you experience success, that gives you the confidence you need to take the next step and the next step. Yeah. But if you take one step and maybe too big and you hurt yourself, you're going to recoil back and you'd be afraid to go forward again. So maybe if you're too afraid to try anything, take a smaller step uh, next time and one that you can be very confident that it's the right decision. Start small. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so inspired by this because um, the way that we change our behavior is the same way that we watch plants or children grow. 
Um, it takes time and there's a surrender and acceptance to that process. And the wisdom that you talk about and the science that you quote in the book, um, one of the things that was fascinating to me were, were people that can't methylate properly. And, um, you know, for the average person that doesn't even know what methylation might be or what methylation defects are, um, can you share with us about these methylation defects, how we recognize they're occurring? And also like, where does this process start for us? Cause this is a big part of health that not a lot of people know. Yeah, so anytime you, anytime you hear a word like methylation or methyl, uh, my grandfather always told me first, Ben, you make sure you, you define the hell out of it before you go on further. Um, yeah. And methyl is just a, it's a scientific term for uh, a compound in your, that's in nature. Um, it's the simplest compound that you can have, a carbon and three hydrogens. And um, so I was like, so what? Well, that compound on our three hydrogens, it's donated. It's, it's once it, it moves and if it moves from one compound to another, it can change its function. So if my hand is here, right, it can do one thing. But now, let's say that's a methyl group. Now it's my hand has changed. It's, now it's gone from just a hand to a hand that can write and do things. Or now I have a different, you know, it can change into this. Now I have a cell phone. Now I can do calls or waste time on Instagram. Right? Yeah. Um, so methylation is simply the act of, of donating a, a methyl group to various things. And those various things are a <laughs> huge, huge amount of, in your body. So if you have a methyl group onto a gene, there's about 18,000 genes in the human body. If you put a methyl group on a gene in the right place, it will typically tell that gene to stop working, like be at rest. And most of your genes are methylated. They are turned off. They're at rest. And if you methylate um, some other genes, they might turn on. If you methylate histamine, uh, it's the first step in getting it so it can pee out of your body. So you pee out histamine, but it first has to be methylated. So a, a compound, uh, a carbon and three hydrogens will attach to a histamine compound. And then after that, it will break down into some other things. And if you methylate, um, uh, what is it, uh, norepinephrine, you know, adrenaline, noradrenaline, and you methylate that becomes adrenaline. So it's, it's pretty cool when you uh, start thinking about things, these things. And N-acetylserotonin, um, if you methylate that, becomes melatonin. So the, as you start understanding, it's, these things are really, really important. And if you methylate arsenic, which is toxic, you can get rid of it. You can pee it out. So but is it a burning of sorts? Is, is the methylation process a burning or an absorption, almost like osmotic? It's more of a transfer. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a, it's a giving. It's a giving and receiving um, uh, type of process. So it's an ebb and flow. So, you know, if, if, uh, if a methyl group is given to homocysteine, which is a, a bad actor in the cardiovascular world, right? But it's actually a bad actor in all sorts of parts of the body, uh, you know, neurotransmission is a huge one for homocysteine and, and immune function as well. And detoxification, it's, it's a big player in all these things. But homocysteine does not have a methyl group on it. And so if you put a methyl group on your homocysteine, then it becomes methionine and it's no longer that bad of an actor. So that's a really important thing. And so that's a cycle. It goes round and round. It just spins. So um, it's just think of it like if you're playing catch. Uh, with someone with a baseball, you have your mitt and a ball and you throw it, you just donate it to them and they throw it back, you know, just back and forth. And the thing is, is you can, 
you can lose your methyl groups. They can go away. So they can bind to a compound like arsenic. And let's say you have a bunch of arsenic in your body, then a lot of your methyl donors go to binding to that arsenic. And now, but you get bit by a mosquito, but those methyl groups were were used up by all the arsenic that you're drinking in the water, eating from the from the brown rice that you told was so healthy for you. But brown rice has higher arsenic levels than white rice. Even if even if it's organic, even if it's organic, yeah, Hmm. because arsenic is naturally found in soils. So it's 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 uh, it's it's everywhere. Um, So rice based supplements are very very high in arsenic typically. Um, So be careful on those. Interesting. Um, and rice uh, drinks. So if you're eating, you know, rice milks um, or eating rice in general, uh, these can be very high in arsenic. So get your arsenic tested. Do you stay away for yourself and your family from rice? Yeah, we don't eat rice. Period. I mean, I my boys will eat it uh, if they go to. Uh, there's a restaurant called Mongolian Grill, um, which they like to go and they create their own, uh, you know, veggies and stuff, and they put it on the grill, and you can get, yeah. uh, you know organic chicken and what have you and with olive oil or grapeseed oil and cook it that way. And it's, it's a very healthy restaurant. Um, but, uh, then they have servings of, of brown rice or white rice and, uh, I don't get the noodles and I don't get the rice. I just get all the veggies and I get the meat and, um, but you know, boys will be boys and, yes. and uh, you know, I, I don't control what they eat anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I have them make their own decisions. Well, one of the cool things that you not only mentioned in the book, but also in your website is the the Super 7. We're not going to have time to go deep dive into all of them, but could you at least voice out um, what the seven are, uh, how people can get involved, and, and what they're they're actually treating, what they're actually addressing in the body? Yeah. So I was tasked. So when the when the publisher um, came to me and they, they you know, you, your book gets bitted on, you know, you, you create a manuscript um, and... Uh, um, you know, then you, you, it gets bitted on by all these different publishers. And once you get accepted by a certain publisher and you approve their conditions, um, then you get in this whole discussion of what they really, really want from you. Um, so they said, okay, we want you to write a book that discusses seven genes that you don't need a genetic test for. And it has a menu plan and it's got dietary things and quizzes and, and, and stories and case studies and, and, you know, really guides the reader. I was like, wow that's hardcore. You know, there's 19,000 genes in the human body. Um, then you want me to pick seven. <laughs> All right. Okay. That sounds like an easy task. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. well, MCFR, cause everybody wants to know about MCFR. That was easy. Um, cause I was going to originally write a book just on MCFR and I'm so glad I didn't because it would have been very, very incomplete and would have left a lot of readers, um, not uh, succeeding in their health. So they would have lacked confidence and then not implemented. Right. Um, so I'm glad I didn't write that. So MTHFR was one. And then I said, okay, well, histamine is a huge issue in the population. A lot of people have seasonal allergies. A lot of people have food allergies. A lot of people are reactive to things in the environment. A lot of people can, can't drink red wine. Um, bug bites are a problem. Eczema, psoriasis, asthma, um, nosebleeds, headaches, irritability, insomnia. All these are tied up with histamine. Um, you know, pregnancy issues, pregnancy complication, almost any pregnancy complication in the world is tied to excessive histamine. Um, which is interesting. Um, so histamine was big. So I picked the DAO one gut health, leaky gut. It's also tied to histamine. And then, uh, then I said, okay, I got to get dopamine genes in there because the depression and anxiety is rampant in the world. So I got to pick CMT in there because CMT is a gene which helps process dopamine, norepinephrine and epinephrine. 
But then you have serotonin, which is also talked about with SSRIs. A lot of people are taking SSRIs. Um, so, you know, I got to talk about that. Um, and sleep is, you know, serotonin for sleep and melatonin. So that's a big category. And I said, okay, well, I need something for cardiovascular disease because cardiovascular is, is rampant uh, in America um, and the world. So I got to pick a gene for that. And that was nitric oxide synthase. I was like, well, I need a gene for detoxification. I was like, well, I need to do something there. And what's the biggest one there? Because people have, you know, chemical sensitivity. They have inability to detoxify. Um, and uh, maybe they can't sweat very well. We're all exposed to chemicals. I'm an environmental specialist by, by training. So I said, I've got to have detox in there. So I picked glutathione genes. And I picked two on that. So I got eight. I pushed the limit. I get eight. Sometimes you don't listen to the, to the people who are pushing you, right? Um, and then, uh, then I said, well, we have cell membranes. Uh, we have cell membranes on every single part of our human body. And if I don't talk about a major producer of the primary compound in our cell membranes, and I'm doing an injustice in the foundation store health. Um, so I picked PEMT for that, which is also heavily associated with pregnancy complications and gallbladder issues. Um, so I picked PEMT and uh, I think I hit them all. Yeah, you did. And we have a question too about um, histamine. Is histamine linked to PCOS? Um, Nicole said she has two preterm pregnancies. Both times she had high white blood cell counts and they couldn't tell her why. Is histamine linked to PCOS? Um, that's a good question. I, don't, I immediately went indirectly um, because PCOS is higher estrogen, right? So PCOS is higher estrogen. It's higher, uh, you know, it's a glycemic issue. Um, and uh, so if you have PCOS, higher estrogen can will increase histamine. So estrogen by its own nature will increase histamine response. So high histamine conditions um, will then be tied to almost anything higher histamine because of how histamine is, is stimulated in the body. And white blood cells, an elevated white blood cell, that's interesting because higher histamines uh, stimulate the immune response, right? That's its job. So histamine creates inflammation, inflammation creates an immune response. So see how everything is tied here together. Yes. Um, so it's pretty cool when you put all that together, but then you have to ask the question, well, what are the white blood cells reacting to? You know, is it the higher estrogen that's promoting the histamine, which is in promoting the white blood cells? So you reduce the estrogen, but where's the estrogen coming from? Is it coming from because her COMT gene isn't working very well because COMT also helps metabolize estrogen? Or is it because there's excess adiposity or she's exposed to phthalates or is her microbiome not processing estrogens or is her liver not excreting them? Um, so, you, you know, you just keep back paddling. And this is something where obviously you're not doing medical diagnosis here. This is not medical advice, but your book is filled with a pathway and a map really for Nicole. Nicole, you're going to get one of the books. <laughs> so just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty genes. Um, if for some reason the link, we just got a message come through that said the link isn't working properly. I promise you it will be fixed today. Uh, wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty genes, as well as discounts to go to seeking health and you can get 15% off. Thank you for your generosity. Dr. Lynch, to, to our audience for these products, the Super 7 you talked about. Um, all this will be in the show notes, either when you watch this on YouTube or we'll link it in our comments later today on Facebook. Uh, as we wrap this conversation, which I could spend a lot more time with you, man, but like you have things to do and you have a family to care for and shepherd, as we've talked about. Um, is there a piece of life advice that you could give us, man or woman, just human, human advice? Um, if you look back on your life in, in the path that you've taken, um, people would say that you're successful. You know, you have a grounded, calm 
energy to you. You are a published author. You're a father. You're an entrepreneur. In my opinion, that's success. You know, if you can balance all these things without uh, losing your marbles. But is there a piece of advice that you really cling to or you really understood um, that is the truth for you if somebody wants to be a leader in their lives? Well, I'd have to I'd have to step back and say thank you to Brennan Bouchard um, for helping uh, influence me uh, tremendously in this because uh, I had a, a selfish uh, mindset in my 20s as 20 year olds do. Um, so I hold no regrets about that. Um, but, you know, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. That was my goal. And, you know, that's typical for a 20 year old. And, and, um, so, but I look back at my early twenties now as, as being 46 and I was like, Oh, you naive little punk. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I didn't hit it. I missed it. And, uh, I felt like kind of a failure. And then I, I started listening to Brendan Bouchard and he was like this skinny little runt from Montana. And, uh, I was like, what does this guy know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, Oh, he's just going to pitch me on stuff. He's just going to sell me his programs and what have you. And, but the content he gave was so good. I just would listen and listen and listen. And I got his book, Millionaire Messenger. And what it re really, really told me was you just give. You just give. And you give people what they really need. And if you're going to sell something, you, you sell even something even better than what you're giving. But you give something that's excellent. You mm. give something away that's great. And when we were told and taught in medical school you know, we paid 200 plus thousand dollars for the crap that's in our head. So our brains are our asset. So we were always taught to sell our information to patients directly sitting across from us. Or if we're doing online stuff, we, we, you got to call us to, to sell. So we were taught to hold all this information until somebody gave us money. And I just started doing what Brennan said. And that was giving amazing information away for free. And that's where the MTHFR website uh, came came to be in mthfr.net. I just wrote, you know, really thorough articles. I just put everything out there for free for people. And then, um, you know, success became, came from that. And, um, because from giving people can try your stuff yeah. and if it works, then they gain confidence and, and trust in you. And then if they really appreciate you, you know, they'll support the work that you do and they'll end up supporting you and, and buying from you. And so that I would say give, and um, and just hold yourself with utmost integrity. And what's powerful about that too, which is like timeless wisdom. I don't care if you take a time machine back 5,000 years ago or 5,000 years in the future. Giving without the hardcore expectation of receiving yeah. is where yeah. all the power is. Yes. You have to give without expectation. If you give with expectation, yeah. it will be noticed. <laughs> and the authenticity uh, will be shot and your, your integrity will be shot with it. Yeah. You just give because you want to give. And, um, you know, I've, I've got one of my son's friends here now, um, who's uh, 17. He's already a, you know, a millionaire at, as, as a 17 year old in the music industry. And the kid is floundering right now because he's depressed mm. and he's depressed because I think he, he suddenly felt that he made it. So when you define success, success isn't the fancy house and the fancy car and the no mortgage uh, success is the happiness and the gratefulness. And, um, you know, you can, you know, I love Gary Vee's message, but success is basically happiness and, um, you know, having a nice home and a great environment and a car that's not going to break down every block is, is a nice thing. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, success really is being happy. And, uh, so if you're grinding a day-to-day -day job to, to chase the American dream and you're not happy, by all means stop and, yeah. uh, 
pull back because I was not happy. Uh, I was doing landscape construction. I was making over six figures, six figures a year uh, in my early 20s. And I quit my, I quit, I stopped that company to go back to uh, medical school because I was pre-med. But I, I took time off to go into to landscape construction because I was free and I, I could travel and I that's what I was doing in undergrad anyway. Just, I started my own business while I was in undergrad school. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was like 19, basically, or 20. Um, but uh, I wasn't happy and my dad got pissed at me for stopping that business. I said, well, dad, I'm not happy. I don't yeah. care about the money. Mm. Well, you talked about success and you just painted this super clear picture of success in whether it's success is happiness or success is purpose or fulfillment. Success is how you feel your well being actually is like, I don't want to, I used to be a fitness professional. So I'd trained clients in gyms for 10 years, like 10,000 hours of clients. And the core complaint with all of them was I have all these millions of dollars, but I'm absolutely effing miserable. And that is not success. Success is not how much money you have in the bank, but you're right. There are ways that we can buffer this. You know, you talk about success and the definition of that. I believe it's well-being. How do you define this as we say goodbye, as, as we say, really, I'll see you later because I know I'm going to be absorbing more of your content. People are going to go to wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty jeans. Thank you for the 20 copies. Talk about giving. Thank you for the 20 copies you're giving away. So everyone go to this link today. How do you define wellness? You know, with all you've been through and, and being a shepherd, like we talked about, what does wellness actually mean to you to be well? God, that's a fantastic question. Um, I think the the concept of being well is an understanding of how you are responding real time to the environment. I mean, real time. Wellness is not a static thing. It's constantly an ebb and flow. I mean, right now you're listening to us communicate with you and, you know, there's things going on. Are you using Wi-Fi? Are you having a headache right now? If you have a headache right now, you know, is it, are you in tune that maybe you're dehydrating, you need some electrolytes, maybe some glutathione, maybe you need to turn the Wi-Fi off and get Ethernet plugged into your computer. To me, that's wellness. Wellness is an understanding of how the environment is impacting you real time and what you need, what you need to uh, do about it in order to correct it and navigate through it. That's wellness. Mic drop. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, people can go to seekinghealth.com. Obviously, you're giving away the copies. So thank you so much, Ben, for being here on the show, man. It's been a true joy to talk with you and honestly just be a spotlight uh, of your message. So do you have any parting guidance or do you think there's anything we missed when we look at this concept of cleaning our genes, washing them, and also how that pertains to COVID and, and the truth about that as well? Any parting guidance you can give us? I would just say let's stop focusing on the virus and, and, and turn off the news completely. Just turn it off uh, and don't visit it again. Um, really, it's not, it's, it's, they're using it as a propaganda tool, um, truly. Uh, so just turn it off. Uh, you're not missing anything. Um, and uh, I would say a lot of people, when they're seeking wellness, is they look to add something to their life. I'm asking you to remove something from your life. I want you to remove some clutter from your office desk. I want you to go to your closet and purge some things. I want you to go in your fridge and purge some things. I want you to go in the garage and give away some things. So reduce things in order to optimize your life. And you know, go to that Facebook or uh, Instagram or and unfollow certain people or unfriend them. That you know, and so just just clean, clean, yeah. clean. And jump on a sauna. And I will turn. I will say a lot of people have major confusion here. Is hydration is not drinking water. Hydration is actually getting electrolytes in you. So if you're just drinking water and you're thinking you're hydrating, you'd actually be dehydrating if there's no electrolytes in there. 
So you've got to be utilizing electrolytes. And I have this conversation constantly with my kids and everyone. And the majority of people are dehydrated. So I would say if you're seeking wellness and you're trying a lot of things, a lot of people are not hydrating. And so hydrate first. Thank you for the clean out. And also thank you for the truth about dirty jeans and COVID-19, Dr. Ben Lynch. We will talk to everyone else again, but until we do, we're both wishing you love and wellness. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.